0: On this week's general admission, we recap our time at the Stoked for Summer Festival in Asbury Park. We dig into the new yellow card EP, Childhood Eyes, and get into a little general ad fishing, recapping our day at the man in Philly. For the back half, we have our first installment of GA Book Club, discussing part one of Chris Payne's Where Are Your Boys Tonight. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Welcome to General Admission. Today is August 3rd. It is our 69th episode. Ba, 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 ba. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and we are glad to be back. We had an interview last week. Um, now we're happy to just be here talking uh, what we've been up to, what we've been listening to. There's been been stuff going on. I'm riding Some a high off on.
1: an interviewee just did.
0: Yes, which is a great interview. Uh, Keep an eye out next week. Also, if anyone is here from uh, the Rob
1: Harvilla episode, yes, thank
0: you. Um, From (laughs) Rob's tweet, thanks for sticking around. Um, That was like Rob Harvilla tweeted about us, which, like, we were talking about the other day, like, someone who is a really successful podcaster shouting us out has done more for us than like any band shouting so <laughs> has ever done which actually kind of like makes a lot of sense
1: if you if you think about it but and if you listen to uh 60 songs I like, explain the 90s like you know how great that podcast is so it makes sense why yeah. a lot of people kind of listen to what he puts out there yeah
0: so thank you to Rob and thanks to anyone who stuck around that's pretty pretty cool pretty. Doop, doop. Doop, doop. <laughs> pretty pretty cool. Um so yeah, we have been out and about in the world, um a lot of asbury shenanigans. We bouncing around S- the shows, bouncing around the shoals. <laughs> we yeah, I guess we should start there, huh? Because that was like the furthest away. Um uh, we went to Stoke for summer like 2 weeks ago. Fish being on a Wednesday really like confused my life because I feel like there's an extra weekend that like appeared yeah,
1: it's like a week and a half ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um, the souls put on their annual stoke for summer. I don't even know which number it is, but it seems like they've been doing it for at least for the a last long 10 time. years. Yeah. Um, it was my first time seeing the souls. Was it yours, Brett? I don't
1: remember. That was my time. second time. Nice. I thought it was my third. I could have sworn I saw them on Warp Tour, but. They were not on any of the warp tours I went to. Yeah,
0: maybe you're thinking of the
1: Bayside, maybe
0: the Bayside Souls. Yeah, Bayside was also there.
1: They were there. They killed it. They were. So and I good. can't believe that I love Jack. Jack looks like uh, a wizard. I'm, no, I'm blanking on his name from from Ted Lasso.
0: Oh, right. Uh, independent. independent. Um, Trent Krim. Trent Krim. Trent there it is. <laughs> he does
1: look like Trent Krim.
0: it be independent. Jack O'Shea is a wizard. I think really, you know, that seeing him just cemented it. Long gray hair. Magic on the guitar.
1: He is a wizard. He's a wizard. He was they like were, blowing people's so... minds, like didn't know who Bayside was. Like people were stopping their conversations to like watch him solo. It yeah. was really cool to just watch from the back or from yeah. the bar, I should say.
0: That one dude, uh, Lauren's cousin Who was with us He he didn't know much And I'm, I am it's like, this guy is an insane guitarist Like, just wait And he kept turning to me you know, Like, holy shit, he really is an insane guitarist Because besides like Like The Scooby-Doo meme Where it's like, you pull the mask off Like, you think they're just like An ordinary, good Emo band, then you pull the mask off And they're like a metal band Hiding in the emo band.
1: Just waiting to burst out. Yeah,
0: waiting to shred.
1: Shred out. Shred out. Get the shred. And
0: we also got to see Screaming Females at the show. Shout out Jarrett, who's been on the podcast before. They did not disappoint. Their set just wasn't long enough, but that's not their fault. They were like the second band to play, so that's how it goes.
1: Extremely unreal guitar playing live, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marissa is also a uh, a wizard. Is is there a different name for
1: a female wizard? I don't think so. Right? No sorceress? Wasn't Hermione and Harry Potter just a wizard?
0: Yeah, I think I think they're all just they're wizards. all wizards. All wizards. A lot of wizards at this show. The souls are not wizards, but there is a lot it of witch. Fun. No. No. Wizard? No. 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 Witch is the opposite of magician.
1: No. no. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Let's just go with wizard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, The amount of fantasy books I read, I really should. I really should know what's what. No, they're all wizards. The souls were the souls were great. We talked about this on the podcast. I gave up trying to like learn their songs for the show. So I went in knowing like the four or five I really liked and then like kind of knowing all the others.
1: The other 33
0: yeah like i'll be honest i was i was kind of there for bayside and screaming females that's not to knock the souls they just have a lot of music a lot of fast music and i just gave up trying to like learn it for the show but the songs i did know they crushed pretty much everything after uh the acoustic songs
1: which that was their so their sound guy did them no favors during that acoustic set a lot of squeals which I haven't really heard of a show in a while, even like tiny shows, you know? Yeah, I don't like know that, what was that going Really on. harsh, squealing feedback.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was weird. But they didn't, I mean, they handled it like professionals, like they just powered, th- like they didn't acknowledge it or anything. Cause they kept powering. I through. feel like if I was up there, I would stop and be like, whoa, what was that? And then just like take everyone out of it. It wouldn't be good. It'd be poor showmanship. Yeah, they did, you know, um uh the Manthem, uh Lean on Sheena naming like their most popular songs, but those are the ones I know. They so. covered The Menzingers, do me. They did cover the Menzingers, which was awesome. When they started doing that, I was going to turn to you and start singing that song. And I stopped and it was myself. That song. <laughs> yeah, I stopped myself cuz I didn't want to be the guy like, "Oh, I don't really know this song. Let me like pretend it's a band that I know more." But that it actually was <laughs> from their was split EP crazy. with
1: the Mendingers. Yes, if which I was is a an awesome EP
0: better fan, I would have known that was a thing. I haven't listened to that yet. I should, considering like we
1: saw it live. Really, it's only like four songs. So you can like power through it in like fifteen yeah. minutes. Like what probably? they
0: each play two songs of the other.
1: Yes. Yes. Or no? They each have one new song, and they cover the other. For the other one ah, that's cool like measure's covered uh kate is great kate is great and the shakes is from that too nice
0: did you see when we were there um there was a guy in front of us who was really into bayside he and like not in like a lame way or anything he just you could tell he knew every word he was getting ready to like pump his fist and stuff like rip his uh, wife's yeah. girlfriend's hair out <laughs> yeah. by mistake so he goes to goes to like fist pump for like a chorus or something and he really you know put everything he had into it like he he crouched his legs he really shot his arm up and his watch got caught on his girlfriend's hair in like her bun or ponytail or whatever and he ripped her head off the ground so bad i thought i thought her hair was going to come out of her skull it was that was bad <laughs> it was so bad but it was it was really funny and she laughed credit to her for being being a real one she knew like clearly didn't do this on purpose but he wasn't being sick 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 <laughs> no no he, he did not have devotions and desires to rip his girlfriend's hair out <laughs> yeah that was that was Really funny. I watched the whole thing happen because I was having a lot of fun just watching that guy. Because he was, when you get someone really into it, it it makes you really into it. And that guy was looking around like when he turned around to sing, and I also knew the words. I was so proud because I knew I was like making this guy happy. He caught
1: me a couple <laughs> times where I didn't know the words. I was like, yeah,
0: like oh, he's gonna be mad at me.
1: <laughs> you just fake it. You
0: just yeah. ventriloquist it.
1: <laughs> just scream, yeah, Adam. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or take a sip of your beer. There's all types of strategies to get away with not knowing every word to every song.
1: Just air guitar along with Jack.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when all else fails, air guitar, air drum. It was a good day, though. Good day in Asbury, for sure. Went to a punk rock flea market, which was a little underwhelming. Except for the fish shirt you got. I did get a really cool fish shirt at the punk rock flea market. (laughs) Shout out to that guy who was violating copyright by selling shirts with fish's logo on it but it's a really cool like dark tie dye and like the logo's like bleeding down like dripping paint very cool i I think i'm gonna wear it again to the garden this week
1: i think you should yeah definitely
0: um what else has been going on we had um well speak because hold on let me fix this transition i got it i'm so ready for this transition we can go from Ocean Avenue of the Stone Pony to the new Yellow Card EP. Boom, nailed it.
1: Nailed it. <laughs> totally. As Yellow Card nailed it, which I <laughs> made me eat my own words about them coming out of retirement.
0: This this EP is really good. It's, <laughs> it's
1: very, so good. very good.
0: It's so good. Childhood Eyes EP. Um, I think it's five songs like 20 minutes, a little less, maybe 18. It, it sounds like it's just, it really like captures all angles of their sound from like the heavier sides to the acoustic song to finish it off to just like the, in the middle ones, like obviously yellow card has their trademark with the violin. So you hear that and it automatically feels like yellow card. It really is like,
1: it's like in the background here.
0: Yeah. it it, there's not it's not in the forefront too much um there's that cool solo in um where is it
1: where is it
0: uh hiding hiding in the light i think it's like the third song maybe but there's a violin and guitar solo going at the same time and they're playing off each other. It's very cool. I think instrumentally that song might might be the best. Got a cool guitar riff to start it up and their bass player, um Josh Portman. He like loves playing high up on the neck on his bass. Like if you like remember back to like way away, the first verse the bass plays up really high and then second verse he goes back down but like he is way high up on the neck for this holy p like he's the- way away he's way away way up the neck and it's awesome there's so many just nice little base fills stuff all this stuff to like mimic guitar mimic the vocals it's just yeah like if you listen to the cp a few times just try and focus on the bass for like a whole listen and you won't be disappointed if that's your cup of tea
1: you love me some bass i'll definitely yeah keep that in mind on my next listen
0: i think honest from the jump is like
1: that was my favorite one an
0: incredible vocal melody like they just have this way of like making you feel like nostalgic with their music sometimes. And I don't they know. it on pretty yeah. heavy
1: here too with the nostalgia, but like, it's not like it didn't detract from it, but like they were definitely plucking the right strings there.
0: Yeah. It, di- it didn't feel like cringy at any point. Cause if you remember like last year, like every two thousands band that put out a new album had a song about the early days And it got a little like, yeah, like none of them were bad songs, but it got a little like eye roll at times. Like it felt like there was some sort of contract where like all these bands have to reference like the good old days. And while this album definitely does that, it doesn't feel like it hits you over the head with it. Like, I don't know. Um, Like the last song, The Places Will Go, would probably be like the heaviest on that. And I couldn't tell if that was a song about, like love lost like as in a person or if it was about the band
1: could have gone either way like it all depends on your interpretation unless he did an interview and flat out said yeah it's about which i don't think i saw
0: because there was one line that was like now like you have a ring or something he did say that so yeah but even that like you could kind of take it as a metaphor if you want i don't know for for a band that was supposedly broken up and like maybe wasn't the smoothest operating band in their heyday, as successful as they were, this song kind of gave me the vibe of like looking back on it fondly and being glad that like they can still do it now. I don't know. That's how and Chris Carabo was there. Wanted. Yeah. He was. And much like the violin we talked about, he wasn't like the forefront of the song but he was like singing quietly behind like ryan like the whole
1: time yeah, he like and pops in i think for the first time in the second verse and he's just there yeah. like the rest of the song but he's just like doing harmonies pretty much yeah,
0: yeah this this album's definitely worth a headphone listen like a good headphone listen because there's a lot of like subtleties going on that are really nice to hear that you might not get if you're just like Playing it out like your phone or something. You know what else was kind of cool about this EP was that the first voice on it was not Yellow Card. On three minutes more. Yeah, like it's got the Ice Nine Kills feature. Um, I forget that guy's name, but I feel like the first I
1: Pierce the Veil, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I don't know why I mix those guys up. They're not. They based at yeah. You're in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Um. Oh, because of Metallica. I might be thinking of them, which we'll talk about later, because I somehow got tickets to that. So I'm going. Yeah. Um. Pierce the Veil. But yeah, like, I don't know. You put out an album. I think, I don't, I'm sure other people have done it, but Kanye comes to mind, too, with uh, Life of Pablo. Like, the first rapping on that album was, like, Chance. Not Kanye. That's Although right. he, he sings, but like, and then this like um Pierce the Veil opens up. What's that
1: guy's name? I don't I feel like I should know. Nidvic Fuentes?
0: Yes. Yes. Good job, Brett. Boom. Good job. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool. It was just the two features.
1: Just the two. Just the two. Just the two. For now, see if they do uh, yeah. a full length down the road.
0: Yeah, that's that's the other thing, which we... I feel like there's been so many EPs lately. And they're good. Like, can these bands not just write five more songs? Why?
1: why? So like could call back to Bayside, too?
0: <laughs> it is. The
1: three-song EPs. It is a call back to Blue Bayside. And red. But at the same
0: time, like, if your EP's so good, it leaves me wishing you wrote five more songs, then you did you it did right. You did a good job. Yeah. yeah. But... I don't know. Are they just so impatient to put something out that they don't want to write more? Do they not think they could write five songs as strong? Like, I, I'd i love to know the thought process behind an EP. Do they choose it right away or do they start writing and then think, you know what, this would work better as just five?
1: Guess we got to put a request in the Bayside.
0: Yeah, we could try yellow card too. Just hope they don't listen back to after like
1: we... I don't listen to that episode. <laughs>
0: when we trash talked them because we didn't understand the movie reference. Oops.
1: That's what okay. I can also. <laughs> I'd also defend what I said because except like you guys honestly did go out like so many bands dropped the ball when they call it quits and like you guys ended on a perfect note and like you had nothing left to prove. Yeah, that's it's what like... I thought it was a mistake to come back. But you made me my words with the CP. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think that's
1: yeah. A nice little backhanded switcheroo you got going on right there. Right. <laughs> I mean like it did sound like the time away. Like I don't know if they don't walk away, I'm not sure we get an EP that's this good. Like they sounded completely refreshed and like full of energy again.
0: Yeah. This didn't feel like like they were trying to come back. It just felt like they were making songs, which is something I always think about with like this class of musicians like as much as i like the story of the year album it gave me kind of vibes of them like wanting to like revisit like the good old days you know i of still appreciate that album yeah, yeah. Well, that's then that's the next one this was the page avenue nah. <laughs> no i don't know if there's a next one um but yeah just a little too much too heavy on the the page avenue callbacks but you know do what you gotta do get paid until I still see you live. I... I mean, I didn't, but I would have liked to. <laughs> um, while we're on this class, um, Hawthorne Heights put out a new song that is pretty good. I didn't get to listen to it a whole lot, but they put out an Instagram clip saying like, this is by far the heaviest thing we've ever done. Which I think kind of says a lot, you know. They kind of fall into a little like, like you could say they were like whiny at the beginning, even though I fucking love the silence in black and white and, uh, um, whatever the other when one. Is. You were lonely. Yeah, thank you. Um, even the one after that with saying sorry was good, but and they they always had like screams and cool guitars is what I'm trying to get at. But this feels like they've been touring with Silverstein for like the past. Five to eight years and took some notes because it's really fucking heavy not just vocally but guitar wise too um definitely worth giving a listen if you're into that stuff um it's called the storm with three dots before it but it looks like there's two other songs out so i've kind of been sleeping on this but um hopefully they have an album coming not just
1: an ep <clears throat> Wasn't like their last album decent, from what I remember?
0: Yes, I remember a lot of people yeah. liked it. When we, it came out. I don't know if we were started this podcast by the time it came out, because otherwise, I think we would have listened to it. But I had a friend send it to me last summer. Um, the brain just follows me. Yeah, twenty twenty one. That's it. Yep. A lot of cool features. Um, Anthony Ranieri's on it. William Ryan Keys on it. So like everyone we've been talking about this episode. Um. Yeah, that like around. snuck by, but it was good, um, but very different from the single they have out right now. So I'm here for heavy late career Hawthorne Heights. I'm all about it. Keep touring with Silverstein, I'll keep going. But come to New Jersey. Yeah. Just not on just not in November.
1: How <laughs> about not is go- th- what is the going first two on, weeks of
0: November? What is going on with the early November of shows? Because it is, there's no one want to do like December shows. Out week? of control. There are three shows I want to go to, all on November fourth. We were already committed to the front bottoms, but there's a Menzingers microwave show, which is borderline. Like sell my front bottoms tickets and go and to the cloud that.
1: nothings. And cloud, yeah, like
0: yeah. I mean. Now, there's too many people we have committed to the front bottoms, but. Man, that is a really big one. And Armour for, Armor for Sleep is touring their first album on that day. Also, I'm going to gonna ask believe. you, is
1: that because I, I remember like when we had Ben on, I went down the rabbit hole, but I didn't go back to that first album. That one's really good, too.
0: It is really good. I don't think it's as good as what to do when you're dead. I don't. But. Um, it's it's a solid album. Like for me, I always just binged "What to Do When You're Dead." I never listened to that first one too too much.
1: Um, Is it heavy too?
0: It's kind of in the same same vein. Same um, milk? maybe slightly less heavy. Honestly, like didn't spend so much time with it to to really know. But all those shows are happening in New York
1: City on November fourth, so that's a little ridiculous. Then we have. That one, though, I was okay missing, because this is going to make me feel old, but I was at the 10-year The Room's Too Cold show for the early November. Now this is the 20th anniversary they're doing with Arm River Sleep.
0: Oh, that explains why they're playing when they're playing. Yeah. All makes sense now. It does all make sense, because then we have Hotelier Foxing the following week, and then like three days before that, Um, hot Mulligan and Spanish love songs just announced the show. That's
1: a great show. And
0: I've been swearing for the past, like three years that next time hot Mulligan tours around here, I'll go no matter what. It's just a lot of shows in a, in a one week span.
1: Yeah, I can do it.
0: I might, I might, it depends if, uh, someone wants to come with me. Also have some beef beef with Mm -hmm. Spanish love songs. Uh They're advertising their new album as, in big letters i've seen it on instagram and spotify the wait is over are like and then it's their album and then it says like august 25th so it's like the wait isn't over we're still waiting you can't tell me that because every multiple times i've scrolled past i'm like oh did this come out already like i thought i thought it was later and then i I got to say
1: the wait is almost over and then it would be okay
0: then it would be perfectly fine but to just say the wait is over when it's not, it's just cruel. So, I don't know. Talk to their I've marketing heard person.
1: Very good them. things about it, though. So I'm really excited to hear it.
0: Oh yeah, me too. I that's why I keep getting trolled by their ad, and it's frustrating. Right. But yeah, I guess we'll have that, and then we'll have front bottoms like next week, I think. Next Friday, or this Friday. Is it this Friday? Hell yeah! I think it is. That's a great surprise. I thought it was next week. That is a great surprise, and we'll have plenty of time to listen to it because we'll run an interview next week, and then... Nice. Oh, I'm excited for that. Very excited for that. Very excited for Spanish love songs. Good stuff. Good stuff is ahead.
1: The week is almost over.
0: Did you look up the ad? Does it say almost? No, I'm just <laughs> okay. saying right
1: now. Whew. The week is almost over. Be eating my words again.
0: Same as the yellow card ads. <laughs> I gotta be careful criticizing advertisements until I really like look at them closely. Yeah, lots of good stuff ahead and some good stuff behind. Um, so we're gonna talk about fish for a little, but before you turn off the podcast and <laughs> talk about the whole day, you know, not just nerd out on the band, which we'll also do, but um after fish talk in like five minutes or so we will do book club part one five minutes yeah (laughs) we will do part one of where are your boys tonight so for all our friends reading along with us definitely stick around or skip ahead to that
1: because i'm very excited to talk about that yeah we've been sitting on it for a couple weeks now yeah that's yeah it'll be fun yeah
0: and we kind of get into it in our interview next week but um Anyway, um, we went to fish. uh, Brett's first outdoor fish show. We went to the man in Philly. Man, man. Did not play. You enjoy myself, even though it was a really good guess because the venue name is in the song. But You might get it tomorrow. I might. I might get it tomorrow. It was just a classic. It was a classic fish day. We had a nice drive to Philly. It was only really like. Hour 15, hour 20. We pack the cooler, get to the lot. The lot is like if I didn't have tickets, I think I would still just go to the lot and hang out.
1: You could still hear, and they weren't really checking if you had tickets when you drove in. No, they said they were going to, but they didn't. It was also free to park, which is pretty nice.
0: But I just I just love everything about it. Like we get there and they're like directing us where to park and they're putting us next to this car that has chairs set up. They're like hanging out. Maybe maybe cracked a beer already. I don't remember. And for whatever reason, maybe because of where we live or whatever, but my instinct is always like, they're going to be like, why are these assholes parking next to us? Which is a ridiculous thing to think in a parking lot. <laughs> like, I don't know why my mind would go there. And I was wrong anyway, but it's always like there's some level of like the defenses go up. And Just wasn't even the case. The guy like stood up, waved us in. We get out. They're like, oh, what's up? How you doing? And then like we just talked about shows and drank beers and we're like. Best friends with them, like within 20 minutes.
1: (laughs) And that's that's I feel like you don't get that at every single show. Like it's. I don't want to say it's exclusive to fish. I'm sure it's like the same for like other jam bands, but like. I don't like at least from like concerts i've gone to i've never really had something like that where like you literally walk around and you can be friends with anybody there and have a conversation with anybody there and it feels like everyone's just there to have a good time and not be a dick just nice
0: (laughs) i try to take that to other shows like because i mean if you're both there to see the same band you know you have something in common so it should simple enough to just like get to your seat or your parking lot and be like oh like have you seen these guys before or something like that but it doesn't always like not everyone always wants to like chit chat which is fine but like I've, who's
1: gonna like you're gonna the person you park next to they're gonna you pull up chairs and give yeah. you beers and yeah you give them beers back
0: and yeah we were trading beers trading stories using their garbage can because we did forget a garbage bag we did just,
1: mm-hmm. yeah also, one thing we forgot.
0: Um, I need to out, out you Brett here. Brett is really bad at buying shirts.
1: Very bad. Like very we indecisive. Might, we need a
0: support group for him, or other people like you who might be really bad at buying shirts. Maybe we can help. Help. I figure overthink it. Out. <laughs> Brett really wanted to spend twenty five dollars on a shirt, and everywhere on the lot. So. The way Fish does it is just like a bunch of random vendors who follow the band just set up a shitload of tents and like a city forms. It's really ridiculous. It's so cool, though.
1: Yeah. I I have a
0: koozie. You get a koozie. Koozie Greenberg. (laughs) Koozie Greenberg. After Susie Greenberg. It's a great koozie. And it's a green koozie. So it's appropriate, too. Yeah, I just feel like if you said to any of these vendors, like, how about 25? Or I got 25. They probably would have been like, yeah, sure. I
1: they didn't know, try that. I'm a terrible
0: bargainer. I wanted to pass, pass the puck back.
1: It's okay. I could have. Next time. Next time. I did go home and order the Wayne's World Simple shirt, so I'm waiting nice. for that to come. Nice. That guy seems like right And then you like and then right left us. out the part where you surprised me <laughs> oh, yeah. with a shirt on the way there. So I didn't go home without a shirt.
0: True. It's true. I Oprah'd Brett. I, I got him a fish shirt because one of their songs talks about a dude named Brett. So I got him a Brett is in the bathtub shirt and, and put it under the passenger seat in my car. And halfway down was like, oh, reach under the seat. And you got Oprah'd. I've always I wanted did. to Oprah someone. I never got to Oprah anyone before. It was it's very fun. She gets to give very away excited. Like, cars and shit. I was that excited over a shirt.
1: I, was better, I would have taken the fish car, the fish shirt, over a car at that point. So yeah, cars are very of happy.
0: You got to pay insurance too. That's kind of a burden. How would That's I fit point. a car? Never thought about that part. How would I fit a car under the seat in my car?
1: Well, she did it with keys, right?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> makes more sense. <laughs> she didn't
1: put actual cars under. <laughs> I'm down off the car. <laughs> this is yours. <laughs> you may not have
0: noticed, but you've been sitting on top of a car this whole time. Whoa. All of us. How did I miss that? It feel like I was looking down this whole time. But yeah, shakedown street was, was wild. The nitrous mafia is out of control. They're just, that was nit- a whole experience. Nitrous balloons are just everywhere. And yeah, it's just laughing gas, whippets, whatever you want to call it. But for anyone who's been to the shows, you know exactly what it's like. And if you haven't, it's it's very jarring. It's not the best look to just have those balloons and canisters everywhere.
1: If you're there with, like, a kid, it's probably very confusing. It's like, oh, no, no those aren't <laughs> fun balloons. Oh, they're fun. <laughs> they're fun, but not not for, not for you. Not for you. Unless they're not we're making gonna, balloon animals, either. also we're going to take
0: a wisdom tooth out, then you can... Then you can have one.
1: It's called hippie crack, right? Hippie That's crack. the street yeah. term. Yeah.
0: Cause it 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 hits you while you're inhaling it, but once it's gone, it's it's very fleeting. It's not like smoking weed or anything. It's just like a huge rush of laughing gas and then it's just gone. That's why people buy like five balloons at once. It's a good They're thing I didn't like bring five for twenty. Good thing I didn't bring more cash because <laughs> shit is nice. <laughs> no, I would a hot
1: air balloon festival, pretty much. Allegedly, um, yeah, those balloons,
0: something else, but no balloons inside. Inside the venue was very nice. It it's kind of like PNC. It's, it's actually yeah, we learned it's older than PNC, but it's nicer. If you picture PNC having like the concrete fan shell, this at the man was like all like wood. It was really cool,
1: we and I feel like at the sound might have been better there too.
0: The sound was really good. Trey's
1: guitar tone was unreal for the twenty-three minute Carini.
0: Sometimes I wonder with those with those things. Like people love long jams, and when you get a really long jam, it's it's cool. But in the moment, and maybe I was just tired, but I was like. What are they doing here? Like I felt like they like kind of <laughs> meandered at times, and then they would they would reel it in, like you know, Sopranos, Godfather. Like every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's exactly what kept happening in that jam. Yeah, they but, sped it
1: up and then they they crashed right back down. Yeah,
0: but I see so many people on the forums like, oh, that was like the best jam tour. I'm like, was it? Like I I got kind of bored at it for a minute. <laughs>
1: I turn to you and you're like, I don't think they know where they are right now.
0: (laughs) Sometimes Trey gets stuck on a riff and I'm like, all right, dude, like, let's go move on. (laughs) But I have to listen back. I have to listen back for sure.
1: I want to listen to that 30 minute Fuego from the other night, too. Like that one had to be something
0: had to be Fuego. Yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff. There was. Man, it's it's so weird. Like when you're there and it's happening, it feels like the most special, cool, like unreal thing ever. And then you try to like explain it to someone, and you just sound like an idiot. <laughs> it's really yeah.
1: hard to. I think I'm starting to realize what you mean. Like when you talk about fish to non fish people, <laughs> it's like because like when uh because like Sandra said like like you and Nick are like speaking like a different language when you talk about <laughs> fish. I have no idea what you guys are saying. <laughs>
0: It's true with between song names and like, yeah, it's, it's really weird.
1: <laughs> I'm not calling it like different dates. They like, oh, go on this date They did it this way. And then, yeah,
0: that was another thing. Like when we were, when we were tailgating, the one guy was talking about like a show he went to in the nineties and you're like, oh, that Hampton show, like, man, they played such a good cover of this. And he's like, right, dude. And like, you weren't there. He was there and you both yeah. know it just as well. And like, I love shit like that. It's on Spotify. Yeah. Hampton comes oh, alive. we got to mention a uh, rhombus girl <laughs> oh, and my then goodness. it's actually
1: on fish.net like there's an actual page dedicated to the rhombus
0: this girl next to us she she took away our fandom which was very jarring you can't just take away someone's fandom without without asking no, especially rude. when
1: she's only been listening since <laughs> 2000 well she's got me beat by 13 years <laughs> But she she's
0: like, do you guys know about the rhombus? And we're like, no, uh, I don't think so. And like, she was like incredulous that like we didn't know what this was. I thought it was some sort of venue. It's literally just like a statue of a rhombus at Princeton, and apparently the band wrote one of their songs there. But she was like, I mean, she was wasted. <laughs> she is was funny, but she was going on and on about it. Yeah. And even one of the guys she was with was like, no one gives a fuck about the rhombus. That shop. was great. <laughs> Like, thank you, dude. <laughs> I don't know her well enough to be mean, but I was thinking, so that. you
1: could be mean. I can't be mean.
0: Yeah, I could be like teasingly mean, but I'm not going to tell someone to shut up
1: ever, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, were, it was fun. When the balloons were going off at night, the guy just goes, ah, sounds like capitalism. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and cracked me up. That was a great line. Those are some fun guys who were next, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, good dudes. I don't know any of their names, but no people. Philly guys.
1: They definitely don't remember our names either. Nah.
0: Nah, but
1: yeah. But I am glad we did that. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I am glad we did the man show. Even though you're going tomorrow night, I'm not doing the garden this time around but I'm glad I got to experience like my first outdoor show. Cause I think it is a better experience because of the tailgate. Like you don't really get that tailgate for the garden. No, unfortunately
0: you can like tomorrow. I'm going to like meet up with some friends at stout and like,
1: just still fun, but it's not.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's different than just like feeling like you're out in the wild west with no rules. And like, just like in this weird limbo for a few hours before the show
1: which is nice. It's like a nice little world you're living in. I see why they have as big of a following as they have. Cause it's like, it really is like a nice special community. And I feel like you don't really get it unless you're there.
0: Yeah. Everyone just hopped up on nitrous. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing <laughs> real, at real <everyone>. special. <laughs> no, it, it, it is all walks of life. It's, it's just, it's a good time. It's, it's a good time. I wish they were doing more summer shows, but, or more outdoor shows, but.
1: Yeah, weird to get a garden run in the summer. I know they did like the Baker's Dozen, but it's still a little weird to me. But I will try to go again New Year's week.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Score New Year's Eve tickets. It'll pay for all the other days. Whatever
1: ones you want to go to. Yeah. I'm definitely not trying the first night, though. I feel like they need to get cooking a little bit for those ones.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it's good to get a warm-up night in. But you never know. Never know. Is it book club time? I think it is. Oh, man. Let's go. Let's go. Some of you may have read this book, and if you really just keep in mind what it says in the book, then nothing will get too weird during the night. Everything should be fine. Because, you know, this is a a great book. For
1: those of you who haven't read it, maybe you uh, find a friend. That's what it says. Just keep it, it's, it's really a. It's a special book.
0: All right. Where are your boys tonight? Chris Payne, the oral history of emo's mainstream explosion, nineteen ninety nine to two thousand eight, part one. We are here, GA Book Club. So psyched. So psyched.
1: It's an absolutely incredible book. It's, and we're probably going to power through this. Well, you did already yeah. power through the whole thing, but
0: we haven't even scratched the surface yet and it's already so wildly interesting this whole beginning scene of just how everything starts and knowing how big it all gets is really cool. Like they're very like like the all the stuff about like New York and how like Giuliani wanted to like clean up New York during the late 90s and he implemented curfews and started like shutting down clubs earlier. So like the whole scene moved to the suburbs and because of that, it trended younger. And that's how like it kicked a lot of this off, this type of music that trends towards younger kids and might be a little more emo, like vulnerable hard on your sleeve kind of stuff
1: in New Jersey basements.
0: That's right. Like New Jersey is like, Feels like the forefront They each chapter was dedicated to a different area and it was all kind of happening around the same time, which is also really cool. Like you had New Jersey scene, the Long Island scene, the Florida scene and the Chicago scene. I think I think those are the big four. I don't know if I'm missing. Yeah. any,
1: but well, we're not missing any, but the book might be.
0: Yeah, well it's it's there's still But there's
1: only so much you can do.
0: And there's still more more to get to, but yeah, just like the whole intro I thought was very interesting, like the early days like um like Benny booking shows at the Man Manville Elks Lodge at like fifteen years old. It's pretty crazy.
1: I mean the whole New Brunswick scene had to be like absolutely incredible. Like imagine having like your favorite band like in your face.
0: I I can't like the the closest we've gotten with that is like less Starland shows or yeah, less than Jake. Like we've done the screaming lyrics at the band thing a lot and it's been a lot of fun, but it, there's always that disconnect of stage and crowd and what they got in these basement shows was you're all on the same level in the same spot. Like it's just an extra layer that. We'll really like never get to experience probably. And we just missed it too. I know. We were just like five years older. Could have like, yeah, been in on that more. But like there was a story about like Lifetime was playing um, a New Brunswick show and all the sweat of the people condensated on the pipes in the basement and then just started like literally raining on people during their show. Which is crazy. Absolutely ridiculous.
1: Um you get a lot of Jeff Rickley of Thursday telling the yeah. stories of like booking shows in these basements. And like it happened like on the campus of Rutgers. Which yeah. is also crazy. Like that's where like Midtown formed. Yeah. Wasn't it like
0: was it like Thursday in Midtown? Well, they have the story of Midtown forming, which was also um pretty cool. But but um I think it was Thursday talking about how they wanted to put on cl- uh, songs through Ruck songs, wanted to put on shows through Ruckers and through their music program and everything. And Ruckers are the people in charge of that club Were listening. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we're never going to play music like this. Like they're like, you could play like they might be giants or like things like that. But which I'm not even, I don't think I'm familiar with that band really. I just no, think I've maybe. just heard of them. But so whatever. Um, they were like, all right, then like let's just do it ourselves. Like we can just put on these shows in basements around here ourselves. And that's what they did. And like it exploded.
1: Just found a house with a patient and just took yeah. off from there.
0: Yeah. And like it, it's so close though. Like they're talking about like the grease trucks at Rutgers. like like we've hung out at those exact trucks like oh, it's yeah. just crazy like to read about all this going on like in our backyard just like a few years before us it's just so it's so cool like it's cool anyway and then to just have that like close to home this for some of this just makes it feel that much more special
1: and, like save the day too like there's a lot of uh like through being cool early on here and like that's such an incredible album like they're talking about like putting on like the record release show yeah, it might have well, been Benny. I forgot if it was him or not, but like with the Get Up Kids. Yeah. Or did I just skip a chapter there? Um,
0: yeah, no, no, Texas you're too. there. But we're all That's...
1: just doing the beginning here. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll do like the first two chapters for Jersey, and then we can go to Long Island next. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my favorite part about Through Being Cool was when they talked about the the album cover shoot.
1: That was a like, really fun story. Like, like I was like flipping through my vinyl. Like I was like, oh, I know where, like, who all these people are now.
0: Oh, that's awesome! You you have the vinyl because there were they were talking about other pictures. Like, was it Gabe? Um, support support us. He's like making out with his girlfriend. Yeah, but that's not on like the front cover. So like, I couldn't see it. I was trying to Google and then I just like gave up.
1: But the guy from I think is The Wire is on the back. Oh yeah yeah, um one
0: uh, yeah I forget I forget who um yeah he's just randomly on the back um. And the Gabe, best part was like, the,
1: uh, oh, go ahead. Was
0: it was it Gabe like want wanted to like hook up with this girl, so like he made like the cover like her looking at him and him looking at her or something.
1: Oh, it was Brian oh. the drummer of Says of Day? That's it. Yeah. and like t- I think Taryn was her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. I like how they got like through being cool from a Devo song. Like I never realized that's where the album name came from. Like Devo of all bands.
0: That is it's pretty crazy.
1: And then this was like the same chapter, where like the get up kids show up to the Manville Elks Lodge in their tour bus.
0: Yeah. Yep. The tour bus chapter. But and they like got shit for it, but at the same time, they were like, We're doing shows like constantly and we're traveling. Like we need a bus. This isn't yeah. like us trying the big time anyone. We just like it's practical. Yeah. But that was like one of the first signs of like, oh, this is getting bigger and i also like my my one of my favorite parts of these first couple chapters was midtown and gabe talking about how they approached the band like they wanted to get their ep they had a five song ep and they wanted to get it get it in as many people's hands as possible they wanted to have shirts and different merch ready at their show all to go i think it was jeff rickley talking about how like People didn't approach it that way. Like it used to be, like, "Oh, we're not big enough to sell shirts yet." Or instead, Midtown was like, "What would a big successful band do? Let's do all that right away." And I, I just love that approach because it—you could translate that to anything. I've thought about it, like even for for this podcast when we started, I was like, "I'm not going to put episodes on YouTube." And then I thought, "Well, what do big successful podcasts do? They put episodes on YouTube. So mm-hmm. why why wait? You know, just like and." Obviously it's not exactly the same but i just like that idea of don't limit yourself because of your own idea of yourself like have a have a goal and do everything you can to like make that happen and i i just thought it was real cool like because it wasn't cool to be ambitious you know like you're no. in a band you're supposed to not care whereas they were like no we we want to be huge we don't want to just play new brunswick we want to travel to travel the country and i just I love that approach. And even if midtown midtown didn't quite get that big, Gabe like never let go of that approach. And he most certainly did with between other projects and just like never giving up. It's just so cool but to like Cobra hear Starship that. was the other one, right? Yeah. And I think he's been in and out of like other projects too. He's just a hustler
1: and like you love to see it. Speaking of hustling, the most the thing that might have blown my mind the most was like when they were talking about this uh, record release show. So it was saves the day. Get up kids at the drive in a midtown for 10 bucks in a basement in a basement. <laughs> no, at the Manville Elks Lodge. Oh my God. Same shit. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. pretty much basement. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. That, that was, uh, one of our goals is to try and find the best tour mentioned in this book and that is a very strong contender.
1: I feel like I haven't gotten to the other big ones yet.
0: No. No. We I
1: just i I just started part two, so
0: yeah. Nice.
1: But we're still on part one. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um so then you have the Long Island scene, which was also very cool because it was everything going on in Jersey also going on in Long Island. And there was a quote that I loved. I forgot who said it, but along the lines of like there was this rivalry between new jersey and long island when really like they were all exactly the same which just (laughs) kind of cracks me up because like (laughs) it's not far off like there is like this rivalry or like oh long island out there like that's not that's not us but like it's definitely like very similar like demos and like um christian mcknight was the guy planning shows out there and then Ricky Saporta Gabe's brother was the one coordinating shows in Jersey so they would then work together like what bands are you having come through Jersey cuz then we could have them come through Long Island next and like yeah, despite like even maybe the rivalry was more music wise like between bands but the the fact that these guys had like the wherewithal to talk together and plan this stuff was is just really cool
1: and McKnight like dropped out of high school to book shows and go to shows.
0: Yeah. Good for him. And like that we got introduced to Silent Majority through this which like have an been incredible awesome.
1: album that is. Like it doesn't yeah. it has like no listens on Spotify. And I feel bad like they literally like just missed the boat cuz like Taking Back Sunday, Brand New, Movie Life, they pretty much did take a lot of their sound from this band.
0: Yeah. And they don't deny it either. No. Um, Check out Life of a Spectator is the album name by Silent Majority. Um, The whole album is good. The guitars are killer.
1: I've still been listening to it like at least once a week since reading this chapter.
0: Yeah. I've definitely been on that a bunch. I need to go down. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but I need to go down the dashboard rabbit hole too. Because I always kind of wrote them off earlier. you are currently doing that. And... This book actually explains all the people like me who felt that way. But we'll we'll get to that in
1: like a minute. Um, Eddie yeah. Reyes, little quiet Long Island <laughs> Forrest Gump over here.
0: Just, oh my God. He had his hands in everything. He started the movie life. Like what?
1: I didn't know that. <laughs> That's
0: like, insane. I always He's, thought it was Vinny. He started it and I don't think he was even in it for like a month. By the no. way, it was literally like he started it and then left. Like, boom, there goes a major band. They actually just announced a couple shows too, or they might have just even are going to played a one.
1: See, forty-hour train back to Penn played in full oh, in awesome. August.
0: That's sick. That's gonna be a great time. Um,
1: but his that part was a little sad because like he talked about like how he would pretty much band jump until like key form taking back Sunday. He's like, I think I'm gonna stick out this one for a while. And like then seeing he just like recently got kind of yeah. I think he got kicked out. I don't think that was voluntary.
0: Yeah, um, they were. Fuzzy got on it, stuff but yeah, kind of seems like he wasn't in the good spot to be in the band right now. But the way taking back Sunday goes through members and welcomes people back, I feel like we probably haven't seen the last of Eddie. Hopefully,
1: I feel like um, we can do our map for like part two, probably. The Taking Back Sunday, Matt.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I have it written <laughs> out. Remember, Matt? I have it written out. Um yeah, all the early, like brand new Taking Back Sunday stuff in this was great. Like
1: we're neary almost being in brand new.
0: Yeah. And like Jesse Lacey being in Taking Back Sunday as a bass player. And then like John Nolan talking about how like they started doing this call and response thing. Like He'd sing, I'd sing. He'd sing, I sing. Not with, not with Jesse, with uh, Adam, but like just seeing it, hearing it come together, and yeah, and me like, there's another part like, especially as like a brand new fan, like them talking about how brand new was the band that was always practicing. Like they said, like kind of like, yeah, like they were always practicing, refining their instruments, and. They made it seem like taking back sunday was more figuring out as they went and like both paths wound up working out fine for both bands, at least you know musically um but it's just interesting to like hear that contrast and see it work for for both ways and taking back sunday always came off as a more like fun band and brand new was like yeah. the serious dark band like
1: <laughs> but you could tell like each one of them were like was an excellent musician oh yeah as taking back sunday i don't yeah. really think that yeah and no Vinny, to them, but
0: Vinnie Caruana has the quote saying he's like, yeah, I thought taking back Sunday was horrible the first time I heard them. He's like, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> I love those quotes like he has a bunch and Jeff Rickley has a bunch where they weren't afraid to say like they're
1: very blunt. Yeah,
0: because we were talking to uh was it Matt? That yeah, we were texting with. Yeah. Um, put this idea out there a friend of the pod uh matt was saying how like do people kind of look back on this stuff with like rose colored glasses where there's a lot of in this book like oh the first time i saw it, taking back sunday it was it was magical like the whole room just knew we were witnessing history and it's like really, i knew they were going to be big yeah. yeah and there is a lot of that so now i'm paying attention to a lot of that but i'm also paying attention to the vinnie Caruana's and jeff rickley's who aren't afraid to say they stunk at first. So, yeah. There's like, a lot... I didn't get it. I still don't get it. There's a lot of Mikey Way saying that something special was happening. He saw a lot of special things. He happen. said
1: that about so many bands. Yeah,
0: but he just comes off as like an innocent little puppy where I almost believe him.
1: <laughs> He's like but... saves the day playing stay where you are. like That was incredibly special.
0: <laughs> I, I believe that's a
1: him. part two part, but
0: I believe he thought all those things were special um, um, team mikey
1: <laughs> i could see him being like a puppy
0: yeah and then yeah uh long island chapter wrapped up with that oh, oh there was the one other well the silent majority show like during that blizzard and like all that crazy shit going on
1: that was very confusing because, like it was a blizzard but then like no one missed the show
0: yeah it was i mean that many people wanted to see them like there was that quote somewhere in there about how like they had thousands of kids at a show in long island and they're like we just didn't know how to extend that to the rest of the country like pre-internet like they're a band who's like if a thousand people around here like us and want to see us like chances are there's a thousand people in a lot of other places that would feel the same and they just were too early or couldn't figure it out or both and like you really got a feel for him, but
1: and the bass it, player would join bass out.
0: Yes, and they did one reunion show when Rob from Iron Cheek passed away.
1: They only come, yeah. They only come back together for like benefits. Yeah, like they don't do it for themselves. They do it to raise money for yeah. some kind of cause. Good for them. Good for Definitely them. listen to that album if you've never listened yeah, to it. Before. Life of a Spectator. Um. I didn't have a whole lot
0: on chicago um it was a lot about like race trader race trader and uh like early pete wednesdays i had no idea pete wentz was half jamaican
1: i didn't know that yeah. either
0: that's that's pretty cool slash random um
1: it was cool to see like his hustle a little bit too
0: yeah yeah because they could they mention it like how like the race trader stuff and manny uh whatever i don't remember i didn't write his last name down but like they were very like outspoken politics, like, and this is like late nineties, like before this was like a thing, like think like as leftist woke as you can go. Now they were doing like before it was, it was cool. And, but he made a point to say, like, he's like, Pete believed in all this stuff. Like there was no doubt. He's like, but Pete wasn't, didn't care to be like on the front lines. Like we were like, you could tell he wanted more as far as like his, like, uh, hopes and dreams or whatever ambitions, but I just thought it was interesting. Like another one kind of like Gabe where like, you could tell this person's hustle and drive to succeed is going to like, is not going to waver. Yeah. Like if it's not with this band, it's going to be with another band. Like they're not giving up.
1: That's also, I feel like this chapter did touch on like the big, like straight edge and like vegan part of the scene. Like, I feel like I I would not have fit in with that back then. Like, <laughs> I like the occasional burger, like the occasional beer. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But where's I know where's some the take it super seriously? Where's the
0: moderationism scene?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, give me that one. Moderation edge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even like realize how big a thing straight edge was until I read this book. But I do work with a few kids who are in punk bands and are also straight edge. But like. I never, I don't know. I just didn't know it was like a thing, but I loved, there was one quote somewhere in there where it was like, we were straight edge, so we didn't drink. So we'd cause trouble, (laughs) which I just found to be the most hilarious thing. They're like, yeah, we went to some like frat and like peed on all their coats. (laughs) Like, just like different random shit. It's like, yeah, we won't, we won't drink or eat meat, but we're going to fuck with people pretty bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you can't, i would rather just have a beer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Also like uh um what's the band name? Um like um that Pete was in with uh Tim from Rise Against.
1: Arma Angelus? Yes, thank you.
0: Yeah, I don't think they ever mentioned Tim's name, did
1: they? But like he was only in it briefly from what I was looking yeah, at on Wikipedia.
0: He was in that band. and there's pictures of him if you Google Armor Arma and Say it, say it one more time. Arma Angelus. Angelus, yeah, yeah, yeah. So meant, um, but i'm not
1: sure if they go back to them at some point
0: yeah no i think it was just like it was right
1: the fallout boy after that
0: yeah yeah it gets real heavy on fallout boy but like fallout boy is the pinnacle of like there for every step of the scene to like heights that no one expected it's like them and my chem
1: were like the big ones yeah they went away and like i think it was a for like until we were seniors in college and they came back
0: yeah yeah that's around where Stuff happens. I don't want to spoil things. Um, Yeah. But the Chicago Pete one stuff was was definitely cool. And then it goes on to South Florida. And that's where it becomes like Dashboard City,
1: which was wild. Like, I didn't know. Like, I have like a whole new respect for Dashboard. I think thanks to like these two chapters.
0: A hundred percent. Because I always thought like, oh, like and they literally say this. But like, what's this like whiny kid with a guitar like? Like this is like pussy shit. Like, you know, like when you're we were twelve years old or whatever. Like and that's that's what people like thought. And he was very adamant. He's like, no, like to me this is punk rock. Like I wanna sing these songs and like come up here. So like fuck you. Like I don't care. And like that's so admirable. Yeah. To just like cause he said he's like, I'd have drinks thrown at me and like people harass me and stuff, but like to persevere and like acknowledge that there were people who did really want to see him instead of focusing on the ones who didn't like, that's not easy to do.
1: Especially when you have a crippling fear of being on stage. Yeah, What
0: was that? Like <laughs> just randomly thrown in like, yeah, I have extreme stage fright. So I kept performing like, damn dude, that's amazing. And like, he was in a, uh, uh further, seems, further forever. seems forever. Yeah. And he was writing like dashboard songs and they're like, look, man, like, we just want you to like sing like not do this stuff so he made dashboard his own thing because he was literally writing these songs on the dashboard of his car and it just took off like he talks about going to like north carolina or something like that and like people were singing all the words to their songs. thanks to napster he's like, yeah he's like how did you hear about me like how, how do you know these songs like oh like napster and He's like, thank you to whoever put it on Napster, because like it changed my life. If that didn't happen, who knows?
1: You know, he had like the opposite reaction of Metallica, pretty much. Yeah, ex- exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was their, it was their drummer. He would later become their drummer, this guy Mike Marsh. But he's like, the first time I heard it, I said, "What is this pussy shit?" That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> how we all looked at them, kind of. Like, I guess like a kind of like a girly band.
0: Yeah, exactly, and. But, like, he was a, a band's band, too. Like, it talks about, like, Newfound Glory, like, like wanting him, to take man. him out. And, like, um, Midtown. I think Thursday. Yeah, he played on, like, a Thursday Midtown show, which is, like, another one to try and, like, put on the list for pretty crazy shows.
1: That one was, like, where they were standing on top of tables, too. Like, the stages yeah. made of college tables.
0: Yeah. Insane how, like, all this was just, like, going on at these random venues. And he was very smart with uh like signing and booking you know like um was it um drive through is what new glory was on and they wanted to sign him and he wasn't like tensed. totally against it but like he was talking to like his lawyer or his legal counsel whether it was like his parent's friend or some something like that and they wanted like over 10 years and like all this and like he wasn't really getting anything for his records and then um
1: did the length was too long right yeah
0: and then someone came through from uh do you remember the label he signed vagrant? to? Him? yes thank you vagrant and they offered him a Bobby percent
1: again i think it's the guy's name so. yeah. Yeah. yeah and he
0: offered him a percent of sales from his records which apparently like was unheard of at the time and he went with that and like it was like kind of a tense situation but you really yeah, got to, You just got to give these bands credit who are willing to, like, see the forest for the trees or whoever that expression yeah. goes.
1: Because it's easy to see, like, oh, a contract. Sweet sign. And, like, he didn't do that. He thought it out. But I was always wondering why, like, Swiss Army Romance and uh, the other one is called. Where is...
0: I don't even know. That's like, a that's... really
1: long name. I'll just see the album after Swiss Army Romance. But like it came out like a year later. So I was wondering why. The places it came out you have so come quickly. to fear the most. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Like it came out really quickly. And then he like redid two of the songs. Yes. I never knew why. And like now we get like the full picture of why he did that. Like he wanted they shelved his record, which yeah. is like such an asshole move. Yeah. Because like real. you're like you're spiting yourself too at the same time. Everyone was illegally downloading it anyway that too but yeah <laughs> no it's really scummy
0: and and yeah he what he, he said he's like i have the songs ready to go i just need to fly home i need to pay off this like five thousand dollar credit card and then i will tour like the rest of my life and that's literally he, what he did He did
1: that he made it in, like six weeks yeah something crazy dude.
0: unreal and like he talked about like his first show like everyone in the crowd just like sitting down
1: yeah, that was like, like unheard of at a time yeah in you know, a scene show
0: yeah and like it was like people would like throw drinks at him and then those guys who were throwing drinks their girlfriends would go and buy his merch after the show there was another mikey way one in there where he said we knew chris would go the distance
1: yeah he knew everybody
0: <laughs> he knew <laughs> but yeah and then They also mentioned, I don't know why it went back to Thursday in this chapter, but Mikey Way used to like carry their gear and make like buttons and merch for them just because he liked that. That was
1: really random.
0: (laughs) That was very thrown in there because it's not even like the right location. Well, I guess Caraba like came up and was then doing shows up there. That's why. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Under Oath tidbit was like, it was in there really quick. Yeah. Fastly. He's like, I learned how to sing Queen from Swiss Army Romance.
0: Aaron Gillespie,
1: or something yep. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would like put that on, like sing in the car with my mom. Yeah, driving
0: to school. Yeah. Like, yeah, would not expect that to come from Under Oath, you know? No. Like, so cool.
1: Yeah. And oh. then uh, Gabe from Midtown showing uh, drive through Newfound Glory, and they paid him with a PlayStation.
0: <laughs> that was a wild one, also. And I love the way the book is written. It's like, yeah, we played him with a PlayStation, then the next quote is from like Gabe or like so or like Heath. It's like, didn't they give you like a PlayStation? He's like, oh yeah. Like it's literally just like people talking and all
1: and it all ties together. Yeah, it's great. Although we got some, I think kind of a brief window into how some of these interviews were thrown together in our interview tonight, which is yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, tune in next week um we're gonna we have benny horowitz and the rest of town liar on um jason um Chevchuk and nicholas uh R- Rame- Ramelli. um i think i'm messing that one up but um apologies um um Remundeli.
1: yeah yeah there sorry um, Be in
0: there yeah but um we're just they're in e. they're in town liar who Brett saw the other week, but um, you know, Benny's the drummer for Gaslight Anthem, and Nick and Jason were in this band Bound Together and uh these other bands we'll talk about it Kid next, Dynamite. all next week. Kid Dynamite, yeah, and then Heath is from Midtown, but he wasn't here for the interview. Um, yeah, but anyway, tune in next week because we do talk to Benny and all of them. We get into the book a little bit with Benny and we get lots of cool like Insight to these basement shows and just being around for like this whole thing. Yeah, it was. It was a such fun. a fun
1: interview. I hope we get them on again. Yeah, go check them out on Bandcamp if you want to get a little preview yeah. of their music before the interview.
0: Yeah, um, lies one through seven is their album name. Yeah, so um, that's gonna do it for this week. Um, thanks for listening, as always. We love you guys. Um, we'll have part two. I don't know, two or Maybe. three weeks. Well episode after weeks? the
1: interview
0: yeah maybe? i
1: mean yeah i am i can power through i think hell yeah
0: it it only gets it only gets better it gets yeah, really, really hard to put down
1: really took off after like i think was part one yeah after like, this part
0: yeah it you just don't want to stop you don't want to stop so i mean the listeners can read it as far as they want um we can read as far as we want but we're gonna stick to at least chapter two or excuse me part two two for um two weeks from now so yeah we love you guys thank you for listening all of you um new people welcome to the shit show (laughs) now uh thank you for being here uh follow us on instagram general mission pod um yeah peace out see you next week Oblivion awaits.